all have those moments where we feel remarkably unqualified, but for some strange reason, we choose to be unafraid. I'm Jessica Rowe, a film student, creative, and the host of this podcast. I don't know what I'm doing, and neither do my guests, as together we dive into conversations about boldly following our passions and kicking goals, with a focus on creativity and being a young adult in Adelaide, unqualified and unafraid embraces just going for it. All right, Bailey Kuypers, <laughs> tell us about a situation where you are unqualified, yet you decided to be unafraid. Well... There's kind of two. So the first things that came to mind, the first one was the first time I stepped foot in a gym. Mm-hmm. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I was terrified, but not really unafraid, but I did it anyway. And <laughs> the second one was when I started my second Instagram account. Mm-hmm. The first time I posted something, I was like, because it just kept running through my head. I was like, why... What, like what gives me the right to do this like why why have I decided what why am I putting this out there and mm. then I was like you know we're gonna do it anyway because I'm not qualified to talk about this at all but some people think I am so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is very relatable and like sometimes it's not even being about like about being the most qualified for it, sometimes it's about being willing to do it as well. So Bailey and I went to the same high school together and we actually didn't really cross paths like too overly often, but you always struck me as someone who is very kind and driven. Mm -hmm. And now following your Instagram blog at Positivity B, I can see that this is beyond true. (laughs) And my admiration has grown even more. So how would you describe what you post online and how the account started? Well, when I started my journey, I would share like little things here and there on my personal page and I would get messages every now and again from people that are like, oh, this is fantastic. And like it started to build into, I'd get a couple messages a week from people that are like, you've inspired me to go to the gym or start walking or, you know, just doing something in a day. And the more that I kept getting messages like that, I was like, I wonder if this could help people like, Mm. and my main thing with that account was that I didn't want to share just the highlights. Like it was going to be real. It was going to be everything. So there's times where I post on there about the fact that I now have, like I now carry a lot of loose skin because I've lost a lot of weight and the fact that my period disappeared for a little while, like things like that. And I, I wanted to talk about them in a way that just, normalized it Mm. because there's also a lot of times where you see accounts and stuff on Instagram where they don't share stuff like that and there was a lot of um thought behind it and every time I went to start it I'd be like "Mm, do I want to am I can I do this like Mm. what if no one cares like (laughs) what if I'm just doing it I'm just posting it and no one gives a crap into the void yeah exactly and then I started it and it started growing there's a couple of people who follow me because they've seen me on my trainers page and they're like you're fantastic and I've never met these people before I have no idea who they are but they send me messages and it honestly it warms my heart and every time I get a message like that my brain goes this is why I wanted to do it yeah so that's awesome so what what exact topics do you explore for people who haven't been on your page yet so I um go down a lot of self-love paths I was gonna say body positivity but that too um but it's more body acceptance Mm. for me so 
I um, have lost just over 27 kilos now, I think. And that started because I was in a very bad place mentally and I was going down a path after my grandpa passed away where I was just revisiting old thoughts and old habits and things that I hadn't thought about in a very long time okay. that I didn't want to do again. Mm. My stubborn side kicked in mm. and I was like, I can't do this. It's not happening. Mm. And I had been doing a lot of research about the effects of exercise and physical activity on mental health for a part of a course I was doing at uni. Okay. And I was like, maybe we'll give that a go. Mm. So I joined my gym. Um, I met my trainer uh, who's now become a good friend of mine as well. And I started, it was probably about a month or two before I started my account. And the more that I put stuff up, so it was little doses of positivity for the first few things was mm-hmm. like little quotes and things that really resonated with me about them. Um, there was some progress photos, like where I started versus where I am now sort of stuff. Um, and then there was also, I've shared some things about my health. So like things that I eat and I've also talked about my period health, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Cause that was a, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting <laughs> situation and a lot of stuff that people don't talk about. I try mm-hmm. and talk about stuff that a lot of people don't want to share yeah because I think it's important that it is talked about yeah that's really really cool um (laughs) this is a bit of a random question but I've been really like too obsessed with um the Myers-Briggs personality types and so I'm wondering if you know your personality type oh I'm not sure it gives you like letters so like so anyway, I'll explain my thought process behind this because yes. I'm an ENFJ and I... I have definitely not done this before. Oh, yes. okay. And I think my guess for you is mm. your... I think we might be the same personality type. Cool. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. So I, mean. I would be curious to find out. Yeah, we should... I'm, I'll have to try it now. So I think a lot of people who are our age are starting to realise that there are areas of themselves that they really want to work on mm-hmm. and starting to come to terms with all the things that they have to like unlearn for, from their childhood or like like fix their limiting beliefs. And so I'm hoping that this discussion can help to make people feel less daunted by the thought of beginning their mental or physical health journey mm-hmm. by hearing you talk about your experience and, of course, how you are able to share it publicly online. Yes. So would you have a certain time in your life that you would mark as the start of your mental and physical health journey? Well, there's been a couple. So I was bullied a lot in primary school. When I was 11, there was a group of girls in primary school before I ever came to um, high school that told me to end my life. Oh, awesome. Because of my size. (laughs) And that kind of started the first, what I refer to as downward spiral. Mm. And it took me probably the better part of like five or six years to be able to look in a mirror and be like, hey, I accept that. Like I accept the person that I see standing there. Mm. And then for the last few years of high school, everything was fine. Like I felt, mentally I felt really good. I was, I had... Uh, friends I had you know I was quite happy 
And then when my grandpa got sick, I started feeling less happy a lot Mm. of the time. And I noticed once he passed away, you know, there was this whole massive change. We graduated, uni started, COVID happened, like... And all of a sudden I went from seeing people every day to being alone in my house 24-7. Alone with your thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, and it was it just went downhill so fast. And I put on weight really, really quickly because I am an emotional eater. I turn to food in times of high emotion. Mm -hmm. And I realized about July of last year, coming up on a year since I started this whole thing, Um, that I walked past a mirror and my instinct reaction was just, ugh, gross. Like, and I felt it happen and I knew it was happening Mm. and I just couldn't do it again. Like I couldn't take six years to get back to feeling like myself. And I was just, this was where my stubborn side kicked in. I was like, no, 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 (laughs) not happening. So I started my journey then. I'd say that that's probably the pinpoint moment. Mm. Because I've tried to, like, I've been very susceptible to diet culture and Mm. the social media world in the past. And I've tried to lose weight before because I thought I had to. Like, I thought that I needed to be a certain body type. Like, you owed someone that. Yeah. Yeah, And I, it had just never worked because my head was never in the right place for it. Yeah. And this time around, and I very much feel like this was the difference this time was that the first, like when I stepped foot in the gym this time last year, it wasn't because I wanted to lose weight. Like it wasn't because Mm. I thought my body needed to look a certain way. It was because I wanted to help my brain get back to where I wanted it to be. Yeah. And I didn't like uh, my trainer and I didn't even talk about weight loss for like a month and a half. That's awesome. And I've worked with Fraser for, almost a year now actually and we didn't like because he's fantastic and I like he really really helped me and I can't it's like if he had brought up weight loss in the first instance Mm. I probably wouldn't have gone back yeah because I was so anti like because I just didn't want to face it now I want to preface this by saying that I was at an unhealthy body weight for my age and height medically I was not healthy so I wasn't losing weight because I thought that I needed to look a certain way Mm. it was because I didn't want to continue going down the health path that I was going down right um so I decided to change the line essentially so I in my family we have a a like in our family genetically, um, mm. high blood pressure and type 2 diabetes is okay. very common. And I was very prone to getting the type 2 diabetes specifically. Right. And the fact that I was my previous size was not helping. Mm. And I knew that, like I knew it was a thing, but I just kept ignoring it because I was like, no, I don't want to deal with it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It'll yeah. be fine. But I was getting really dangerously close to it, which was not <laughs> not mm. helpful at all. Um, but probably last year would be the the one that stuck the most because diet culture sucks. <laughs> Have you read The Fuck It Diet? I've read the um, the blurb. I haven't read the whole book, no. Oh, it's so good. 
<laughs> but sometimes it's very like I feel like it could be triggering because mm. it's like she talks to you as if she is talking to someone who is currently going through an eating disorder. Yeah. But like it changed the way that I thought about like diets and weight and everything like mm. It makes you angry. <laughs> I feel like the more you learn about all of this, like, diet culture and the, like, fat phobia, it's, like, the more, like, jaded you get towards <laughs> yeah. the world. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, man, I can't. When I met Fraser, I, that's my trainer is Fraser mm-hmm. Ward, and he was explaining to me, like, because I always thought that personal trainers and all that sort of stuff were just to, you know, you have to have a, flat stomach and a toned ass mm. and all this other shit. But he's like, no. He's <laughs> yeah. like, that's not how it works <laughs> at all. And I put myself on my first, like, um, you know, like those OptiFast, like, weight loss shake kind oh, of things. okay. When I was 12. I was 12 oh, years no. old mm. when I thought that I needed mm. to go on a liquid diet, it's essentially. It's so common, though. It's so yeah. common. It's like... Why? Like yeah, I know, and that's the thing. Like I think about it now, and I'm like, what on earth mm. possessed me to think that a 12 year old just didn't need to eat? Yeah, anything at all. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's actually not how it works. Not even close to how it works. Mm. And the more that I, you know, thought back on stuff that I'd done, just eating so little amount of food, feeling like crap, and mm. not. It was so not conducive to anything yeah. and it was diet culture like it was I kept seeing these ads and there was a period for probably only about two years ago where every second ad that I looked at was a take this pill and lose this much weight yeah. in 30 days like it's bullshit it's Horrible. total bullshit definitely talking about you know getting to your breaking point where you decided I need to put into the work mm. for this um a realization that I've had is like when you actually want to improve your mental health, it is actually work. Like, mm. I don't know what illusion I have, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, one day you just, like, you just become happier because you do all the right things. Yeah. But, like, it's actually so tiring to yeah. try and change your thought patterns. It's like every second of the day you're kind of having to monitor your brain and, like, really pick up on your thoughts before they, like, turn into feelings and everything. And, like, because... My breaking point yes. of my mental health journey was it all started with a soup. I'd been feeling, like, very up and down yeah. for, like, the last year or so. And, like, my anxiety had just gotten to the point where I was just, oh, getting so sick of it. Yeah. And um, I made a soup and I burnt it and I'd been working on it the whole day. Oh, no. And, like, I just started hysterically crying. Oh, no. And I just felt like it... I felt depressed for, like, the first time I've ever felt depressed yeah. over a soup. Yeah. And I was just, like, that was my breaking point. I was, like, okay, I shouldn't be feeling like this over a soup. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I need to get some help. Yeah. And then I started, like, seeing a psychologist and now I've just started seeing a nutritionist. Yeah. And I'm making doctor's appointments for things that I've been holding off on. Fantastic. And it's, like, you it's so tiring. And mm. you actually have to, like, make these leaps and, like, do all this stuff, I feel like there's this kind of stereotype or, like, ex- false expectation for, like, I'm going to work on my mental health that all it takes is, like, uh, just, like, you get your little routine, you light a candle, and it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, like, confront your inner demons. <laughs> yeah. 
and can I just say as well, I'm really proud of you for that. That's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, but it's definitely, it's not just a flick of a switch. Mm. Like it's, and I still have bad days. Like it happens. Mm. It's, and this is part of why I post what I post on my account is that sometimes you just feel shit. Yeah. And that is part of the journey. Like yeah. that is part of it. There are ups, there are downs. Mm. It happens. But the difference is knowing how to navigate those feelings. Yeah. So I like to think of it like if I felt this way this time last year, it would be a situation where it would take days, maybe even weeks to mm. feel not better, but to feel like myself again. Yeah. Whereas now, if I have a bad day, for me personally, it's now just a day. Like I don't, I, I, I feel it, I think about it, I talk to friends about it, I journal it, you know, I get it out. Yeah. And then move on. Yeah, like, that's really good. I feel like so, I'm still learning that. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. Like it's really hard and it's taken a long time and I definitely did not uh, appreciate the power of journaling before the last year mm. like this for, like I don't know it's not for everyone but I find that for me it's essentially just a non-judgmental zone yeah like I write it all down I swear in my journal <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just like getting angry and getting it all out and there is no judgment. It doesn't yeah. have to make sense. And it, there's not that guilt of burdening yeah, others. Exactly, yeah, exactly, because it's a book, it's pages, yeah. paper, you know. It doesn't have to – it doesn't feel. It's, <laughs> it's a book. <laughs> so would you say that you aim to share your journey rather than just your outcomes online? Yes. And why, why do you think that's important? <laughs> Absolutely, yes, uh, because – it's not all about the final picture. Like there are so many steps leading up to the final product or the outcome or something like that. You know, from a gym perspective, just as a example, say you're trying to lift a hundred kilos, but you fail 80 twice, you fail 90 once. And for some odd reason on one particular day, you get the one rep maximum of a hundred kilos and you lift it and you do it. It's fantastic. It's awesome. Mm. And that's a fantastic outcome, but the journey leading up to that is also important and Definitely. it's also something that you should share because it's not embarrassing. I, like yeah. it's, it's a part of the process and for people who – and part of why I share the journey as well as the outcome is because not a lot of people do. Yeah. And social media can be such a fake place yeah. and it frustrates me. It really frustrates me when I see photos. And it's interesting for me like because the – you know, like the explore page on Instagram? Yeah. My two accounts, one of them, my personal account, is just memes. Like, it's just literal, <laughs> literal, just shit posts, the entire thing. My other account is photos of women who are, like, posed versus unposed. Or, okay. like, this is me 90% of the time. Mm. This is the photo you see on Instagram. Yeah. Like, it's not real. It's not always yeah. the real side of it. Mm. There's actually this creator that I follow... Um, her name's Claudia, I believe. Okay. And I first saw her videos on TikTok, and she does these um, my body before and after eating. Oh yeah, Have you seen that yeah, before? I've seen some of those videos. And I saw when I saw that, I was like, "That's really cool!" Like mm. the way she's 
posting them and you know sharing it and all that sort of stuff because that's all part of the journey like yeah. it's all a part of the the process mm. i think the process is sometimes even more important than the outcome like Definitely. how you how you got to where you're at yeah is really important is it ever hard for you to share things online like what's a kind of situation where you kind of are hesitant i try and be as open as i can there are sometimes like you know where i've struggled with disordered eating in the past and there are still some days where the thoughts behind that can get the better of me mm. and those days tend to be the ones where I just don't post anything mm. because I I don't want to try and pretend yeah. to be happy but I also don't quite want to share those inner thoughts yeah with people one because it can be tricky to talk about but two it can also be hard to hear yeah like and I have a couple of close friends one in particular who I was actually talking to this morning like <laughs> just about it all and you know some days I do there are some instances where I do try and oh not um like push through it almost Mm. because then I get the messages from people who are like I was feeling the same way today but you've just helped me realize that it's okay Mm. and it's stuff like that where I then kind of go okay maybe I do want to share this stuff it depends on the day, really, like, and where my head's at at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is kind of the mental conversation that you have in your head when you're trying to post something? You know you want to post it, but, you're like, you're having self-doubt about it. Like, how does that mental conversation kind of go? Uh, sometimes it goes along the lines of, um, okay, it's just a post. It's just a post. It's just, it's literally just, you press a button on, a, on your phone, you press a button and it goes, you like this message that you are trying to mm. share. You agree with this message that you are trying mm. to share. There is no reason, like no solid reason why you should be nervous to post this. Yeah. Just do it. Suck it up. Come on. And then sometimes <laughs> it's, uh, why am I nervous to post this? Like why, yeah. why do I not want to press the share button what is it that's stopping me maybe I need to edit what I'm saying maybe I need to leave it for an hour or so and come Mm. back and think about it some more because you know there are I don't want to share things that I don't believe in yeah yeah so sometimes it yeah but it really depends also on the post like there was a one that I did recently where I got some new uh bras (laughs) (laughs) And I put a photo up of one of them. and the Oh, yeah, the, the bra photos, they look awesome. Thank you. <laughs> um, and one of my friends has been so extremely helpful in that sense. Like, she works at the bras and things mm-hmm. that I've been going to. And just the, the level up of confidence, like, because it was another one of those, uh, like, diet culture, like, I didn't think anything of it. Like, I didn't think that pretty underwear and lingerie and all that sort of stuff was for people who existed Mm. in bigger bodies it just wasn't something that I ever considered Mm. and then I was reading this post and I was like I really like what I'm saying here and then part of my brain was going I've been conditioned to think that women who post half-naked photos it's not 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 classy yeah it's (laughs) not you know 
the way it's meant to be. It's not proper mm. as such. And I was like, no, no, nah, that's, yeah. that's not how it works. Mm. <laughs> I posted it anyway, and it was, you know, it got a really great reaction mm. from people who were like, yeah, you know what? I do deserve to look good and I do deserve to feel good in my own body and in the clothes I'm wearing. I just remembered what I was going to say before mm. about like sharing the journey instead of the outcome because it reminded me I was listening. <laughs> I'm an avid listener of Emma Chamberlain's podcast yep. <laughs> and um, she was talking about how like she recently had a bit of a mental spiral mm. because um, there were people online saying like who were passing judgments about her mental health being like oh Emma really needs help like she's so depressed like blah 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 like making all these assumptions about her health and like basically saying that she needed to like go into a psych ward and stuff and she was just like um saying how she always shares like when she's feeling crap she doesn't hide it from the internet Mm -hmm. but as soon as you like but basically her point was it's only acceptable to share on the internet once you've come out of it. Yeah. But when you're in, like, pain and you share it, people, like, react really like, you need serious help and, like, mm. oh, like, people think, like, oh, my God, you're oversharing, you're oversharing. Yeah. But it's how come only when they've conquered whatever, like, feelings they were having, they're only allowed to share it then? Like, yeah. It's yeah. like a bit of a hypocritical situation yeah. almost. It's like, um, we don't want to hear that until you're, you've got it all sorted out. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's exactly right. That's pretty much, yeah, spot on. Mm. I feel like that sometimes. I feel like I'm like, am I annoying people with sharing this stuff? Like, am I, is it, is it too much to share this stuff? But then, you know, I also go, well, they can unfollow if they want to. Exactly. That's exactly my thought process. I'm mm. like, it's a button. It's also a social media platform. If they really don't like it, see you later. I don't yeah. really care. For real. From your Instagram, we can see that you put a lot of effort into your fitness and improving your self-love. So has it been tricky to practice self-acceptance in terms of your appearance while your body is kind of constantly changing because of all this like exercise and like food stuff that you've been implementing? Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I um, I think I mentioned it before. the The biggest thing that I'm in the process of coming to terms with, I guess, is the best way to put it. Maybe not, but I can't think of another way right now. But uh, is the fact that because my body has changed so much, I have loose skin now. Like it's just part of it. My arms, although I have muscle there that's never been there before, which is freaky in itself. Um, <laughs> There is also a lot of excess skin. Like, I can pull it out, like, (laughs) stretch it, and it's Mm. weird. It's really weird. And some days it's, uh, like, on a couple days ago, actually, I was talking to Fraser, my trainer, about it, and I was like, I just don't – I don't know what it is. I don't know why, but today it's bothering me. Like, Mm. I'm not – I don't know. It's just I'm not feeling it. It's Mm. Most days it's fine. Most days it's actually – a reminder like I, it yeah. reminds me how far I've come and how hard I've worked to get to where I'm at but some days it's also like a <sighs> yeah <laughs> really like because <laughs> it's not like what you see on social media like you don't go from being the weight that I was to the weight that I am now 
just magically. Like yeah. There is no – and, I mean, surely – and this is another part that I had to learn as well is that a lot of weight loss and the way that weight distributes on a person is genetics. It comes mm. from your family. Yeah. And there is no way of – You can't alter that. Like, no, yeah. Mm. And there's no way of targeting – Areas. Yeah, like that's yeah. not how it and works. So many like people and brands who like come across as professional will have you think that you can do that. Like even like um YouTubers who make like exercise videos, they'll clickbait their videos with like like get a bigger bar or yeah. like flat stomach, yeah. like big bar. It's like you can't control that. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. And the flat stomach one is actually one that I try like I think about all the time and I try to be most open about that on my Instagram page Mm. because for women in particular it's actually less common to have a flat stomach our abdomens are designed to house our uterus like there is there is no it's not normal I say not normal I mean it is not the normal for a woman to have a completely flat stomach yeah some people do that is genetics. Yeah. (laughs) There is is no way of, you know, targeting that one area. But I also remember having a conversation uh, with Fraser once and he asked me, he was like, how do you feel about your stretch marks? Do you have, you know, stretch marks? Are you worried about them or like concerned by them at all? And I was like, well, no, I do have them. Yes. But I've had them for a very long time, mm. way before I started losing weight. Mm. So they're just, they're not something that bother me. It's mainly been the the loose skin thing, but it is an ever-changing situation. That's the thing. Like it's yeah. just, you know, and some days when I think about how I'm feeling towards my body, I also try and think about anatomically, just in terms of what I learn at uni, mm. how much it does at any given one point. That's not related to how you look. Yeah. The fact that you're breathing, that your diaphragm's working, your lungs are expanding, mm. your blood is circulating, your heart's pumping, your brain is firing off electro like electrical signals and stuff. All of that, it kind of helps to ground me if I ever mm. feel like I'm getting too far into just the physical appearance yeah. sort of thing. Um, but it's definitely been one of the trickier points to, you know, accept an ever-changing body yeah it's not easy but it's Mm. been worth it that's for sure (laughs) and I guess the outcome of this will that you'll be able to accept yourself in like all your forms yeah which would be good I was just gonna on that topic like Mm. what would you say to people who think they actually have to change themselves or how they look in order to accept themselves there is a lot of messages out there that make you think that you know, to feel a certain way, you have to look a certain way. And one of the main things that I try and explain to people or talk to people about whenever I, you know, have sort of a question like that is that you can be a, like, you could be that Instagram model that you're looking at on social media that you want to look like that and you want to be like them. They could be so unbelievably unhappy. Yeah. Like, there is no no way of knowing exactly you know how someone that you think you want to look like is feeling yeah and it's not like you could lose the weight you could be 20 30 10 5 whatever kilos lighter if that's the path you're going down or you could get the 
plastic surgery or, you know, change the things that you want to fix, supposedly. And it couldn't, like, it might not even alter anything going on in your brain. Yeah. Because there is a lot of work that goes into fix like changing and helping your thought process along before you have to you know and I think that there's a huge amount of social media influence that goes into that yeah the sort of stuff that people see online and in magazines and all of these airbrushed photos and touched up photoshopped kind yeah. of things that make you think your body or your face or the way you look is not normal like mm. and that these models and stuff are the you know, the real thing, but there's a huge amount of, you know, it's not easy. (laughs) Yeah. It's very much. And it's also not always to do with weight. Like I I talk about weight personally, that's, you know, my journey, but people have little things that they don't like about themselves. You could probably ask anyone and they'd be able to pick at least one thing. Yeah. But that's, doesn't make you any less of a person yeah you can't punish yourself for that like you're still deserving and everything like yeah yeah and that's one of the biggest things that I try and explain is that just you're not the way you look yeah exactly you're so much so hard to remember especially if you're like I don't know whether it's to do with like being an extrovert or like someone who puts a lot of, like, emphasis on the way that they're perceived, Mm. it's so hard to remember you are not actually what other people think of you. And that is a core part of my worldview. Like, and I'm trying to stop it. But it's really hard because to me it makes sense. I'm like, it's horrible. But my worldview is after you die, the only thing left is what people think of you. So in a way, like, we are just a construction of how everyone else sees us. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's a toxic, it's a toxic mm. worldview in a way. On one hand, it makes you want to do good. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, you need to actually like yourself and like, you need to have a relationship with yourself and not think like, because as soon as I'm alone for like ages, I start to be like, what's the point? What's yeah. the point? Like, you need to actually live for yourself and not for like how you're perceived. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Circling back to the topic of discipline. Mm. Oh, wait, did we even talk about discipline? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. We didn't even talk about discipline, but we're going to talk about it now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You seem like a person um, who, like me, puts a lot of pressure on yourself to do, like, well. Like, that's just an assumption. Yes, no, it's dead on. Absolutely dead on. Um, (laughs) do your best and that's just from like seeing how hard you work through your account (laughs) um do you ever find yourself in kind of a slippery slope of being really down on yourself or even like being pedantic about when you have you think you haven't made the healthiest choice or something yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it's funny (laughs) if you ever look at the messages that I send my trainer half the time it's like oh my god I've done like I didn't get my 10,000 steps today or I've eaten too much or I feel like I've eaten too much or, you know, stuff like that. Mm. Or I've, you know, I've not been as disciplined as I wanted to be. And Mm. then half the time his response is like, Bailey, (laughs) it's one day Mm. or it's one instance. It's one moment. Chill. (laughs) Take a breath. You know, 
why is this how you're feeling? Like, why do you think this is, you know, yeah. any helps me unpack it? But uh, there have, it is definitely at times uh, a fine line between feeling in control and feeling obsessed. Yeah. Definitely. So there was my uh, uncle had a stroke a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And in that time, like, it was a stressful situation. We were, in Flinders hospital a lot and I was, you know, supporting my family and taking my younger cousin, he can't drive yet to, you know, soccer, um, soccer. (laughs) rugby games and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, school and all that sort of stuff, helping my family. And at the time it was one of those situations where I was actually glad to be in control of my food intake. Yeah. Because previously I would have just let my emotions control Mm. it entirely and I would have ended up eating way more than I felt like I needed to. Yeah. But just because it was there and Mm. because I was stressed or, you know, sad or something had gone wrong or something had happened and, you know. And it's definitely there are days where it's, you know, I think – I. I think I'm in control, but then I stop myself and I'm like, mm, okay, maybe we're a little too in control yeah, today. Yeah. And it's just being very, you know, aware of that is very important for yeah. me. And I also very much have so much gratitude for uh, my trainer and the friends that I've made through him who have been through similar situations. Yeah. Because, you know, it's – I'm a very much – I like to be in control a yeah, lot of the time. same. And sometimes it's – detrimental like it's yeah. <laughs> and like I, I feel like control is good into until the point where it's like you're feeling stress like yeah. and I've been getting this like I had to kind of have a little reset with myself because I was mm. like talking to my nutritionist she said all this stuff that I should implement and like I was like so motivated I like like cleaned out my pantry and like replaced it and I was like I'm gonna do this like blah blah blah. and then there was just some times where I'm like I'm like oh but should I have this but should I have this but should I have this and it's like I just felt that I was spending too much time on that thought on that decision and I'm like this decision like and I actually talked about this decision making stuff with um, my psychologist the other day Mm -hmm. because like when you're, like, trying really hard to be in control of something, you kind of, like, put consequences on decisions that don't actually have big consequences. So, like, yeah. um, it's not really specific to food for me, but, like, a lot of times, like, just to do with my routine, I'll be like, oh, but should I do this first or this first? And, like, I'll I'll feel stress about this decision. And yeah. I'm like, it actually will have no effect. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no right answer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, either or, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I totally get that. What kind of techniques do you use to stop yourself from becoming obsessive? Journaling is a big one. Uh, I like to sort of, not like a pro-con list, but like a just kind of get it out and yeah. figure out what I'm thinking mm. and why I'm thinking what I'm thinking. I, If I find that I'm getting too obsessed with something, I try and break the obsession almost. Mm. So for me it's food most of the time or um fitness related so in terms of like if I don't go to the gym on any particular day I will if I start feeling bad about that I then have to kind of go 
actually, hang on, I've been the last two or three days in a row. Yeah. Rest days are also important for recovery. Mm. And it's okay if I still want to move my body today, I can go for a walk. Yeah. I can, you know, park a little further away and just walk a little bit extra. Mm. Like, it's not the be all and end all. And it's very much a, I have to stop, take a couple of deep breaths, figure out why I'm feeling like that. Yeah. Is very helpful for me to sort of unpack why I'm starting to freak out. <laughs> yeah. When you are slightly more qualified and completely unafraid, what will the life of Bailey look like? Oh, um, I really want to maintain the openness that I try and share at the moment. Mm-hmm. I am a nursing student. I graduate at the end of next year. And the more that I learn about the body and health and um the stuff that comes with that, the more I want to share the real side of it. Like, you know, like the fact that for women, anatomically, Mm. not not designed to have a perfectly flat stomach. (laughs) And stuff like that, I think it's important for people to know because it's not something that everyone finds out about. I want to be someone that people can come to if they want to like even people that I don't know if they want to message me about something then they should feel like they can Mm. and I want to be open like more open maybe in future about stuff that I've gone through in the past or Mm. stuff like that slightly more qualified in terms of talking about the human body Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but Uh, hopefully more unafraid in sharing certain things. Everybody should definitely go follow Bailey. (laughs) It's at positivity. Um, It's an I on the end instead of a Y. (laughs) Then it's an underscore and then a B. And I will link that in the description as well. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm very grateful. It's very fun. Yeah, I feel like we could do more episodes. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's a lot of tangents that we could go on. Absolutely. I'm very good at tangents. <laughs> you should start your own podcast. Positivity B podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> so if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your mates. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give it a rating and a review. For updates, follow at you and you underscore podcast on Instagram and thanks for listening.